Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Kiseitsei Shlishi, the third Aliyah in Pasha's Kiseitsei. Our Aliyah is 29 Sukkim, it's longer than the first two, and it runs from Perakhovez Ches to Chav Gimel Zion. The main points in our Aliyah are illicit mixtures, breached relationships, and those forbidden from entering into the community. Those are the three main topics. Let's take a look at each of them individually. If there's so in the, the realm of illicit mixtures, we hear the notion of putting up a ma'ake, putting up a fence around your home, that people, the person who is destined to fall should not fall from your roof. Don't be part of the vehicle of negative things. And then we hear about kilaim, which is not mixing vineyards with other with other types of growths. Also cross plowing, do not plow with a donkey and an ox together, and shatnas, not wearing wool and linen. That's the animal kingdom and the uh, and the plant kingdom in their products on our clothes, should not be mixed together. Uh, but you can make fringes for yourself, which the Gomorrah understands to be is the idea that in tzitzis a person is allowed to have kilayim, that's a place where it is allowed. Okay, the next uh, topic is breached relationships. So we hear a long story what's called Motsi Shemra, where a, a man marries a woman and then hates her, and he begins a legal process against her, accusing her that uh, of adultery during the time that they were betrothed, claiming that she was not, she did not have a virginity at the time of their marriage. He will bring to court, present witnesses, and if in fact the father can counter the witnesses brought by the husband, he is therefore found to be lying. He'll be given lashes and has to pay a hundred silver for his uh, for his heinous allegations, and you'll not be allowed to send her away his entire life. If the witnesses cannot be disproved, disproved, then she'll be executed for adultery. Other examples of adultery are found if a man and a woman are found sleeping together and she is married then they'll both be executed if an engaged or betrothed girl are found together in the city. So this is the, the, um, in this case, we assume that it was consensual and therefore both of them are liable. If it was in the field, we assume that it was not consensual, that she cried out but she was not able to be saved, it was rape, and therefore he is killed but she is not. If she's unmarried, so this is two singles who, um, who, who get together, if she is raped, then he is forced to pay certain amounts of damages and pain and embarrassment. Um, and will have to marry her as well. Um, but we, the, the man will not have a relationship. Uh, we also hold told that a person is not allowed to have a relationship with his father's wife at the end of the salia as well. Then we hear about those who are not allowed in the community. A person who, uh, a man who does who does not have the physical capability of care, uh, of having children is not allowed to come into the community of Hashem. This refers to in the context of marriage. A mamzer, a person born out of an illicit relationship, is not allowed to enter the community of Hashem. We hear about an Amoni and a Moavi, a man from both Ammon and Moab is not allowed to enter into the community of Hashem even for 10 generations forever. And this is because they did not provide water and bread with you for you when you left Egypt and they hide Bilam against you, which Hashem foiled, and you should never seek out their peace forever. So that's the, the topic of Ariel. A lot of very hard things to swallow, a lot of difficult ideas, but um, let's try to appreciate some of them together. So the first mitzvah in the Aliyah is the Ma'akeh, making a fence around your roof or any dangerous item in your uh, property. So what does this refer to? Srashi so explains, why is this here? This is a mitzvah, goreres mitzvah. One good thing follows another. What is, what is the context? What does this mean? So Rashi explains, there's three steps over here. If you do the mitzvah of Shiloh HaKain, then you're going to have the ability to buy a house and build, build a, a fence around it. If you do that mitzvah, then you'll be able to have um, um, a, a field and then you'll be able to uh, um, to be careful about kilaim, shat, shatnez. And then if you, you do that, you'll be able to buy clothes and then you'll be careful the mitzvah shatnez. What's interesting about this mitzvah, Goreh's mitzvah, is it's completely unintuitive, as opposed to when Rashi quoted this Medrash Tanchoma, which is in the first Aliyah, where a person marries somebody at war and then hates her and then has a child from her and has to, is forced to recognize the child and the child rebels. All of those are, we'll call it, in natural, intuitive steps when it comes to bad relationships. Here, none of these steps necessarily follow each other logically, and that's exactly the point. A friend of mine, Rabbi Menachem Rosenblum, 
points, Rabbi Menachem Rosenbaum points out a very beautiful idea, and that is, is when it comes to the good, HaKadosh Baruch Hu goes out of his way to afford us unintuitive opportunities for success. When it comes to the bad, um, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu um, just lets the natural consequences of life flow. It's not that Hashem goes out of his way to make things difficult for us, he just lets us live with the consequences of the actions we chose. In this case over here, Hashem is giving us extra and out of the expected goodness, one mitzvah after another, which are not necessarily consequential from one another. The next, the ne next question is, is, there seem to be a number of permutations of mixtures which are a problem. There's kilaim, shor v'chamor, shatnez, and the exception is tzitzis. What, what are all of these about? So the Sefer HaChinuch in Parshish Kedoshim, in Mitzvah Resh Memdalad, actually explains that Hashem orders His world in a particular way, and what He's saying to us is, is you're not allowed to mix it up. There are certain things which I'm telling you, you're not allowed to mess up, even though you may not perceive or understand them. Don't mix them up. Similar, similar idea to the notion of sorcery of witchcraft, of not allowing a witch to live, of not mixing milk and meat, things we don't understand. HaKadosh Baruch can lift up the panel and see what's going on in the machinery. We can't. We have very simple rudimentary tools, and even though in physics in the 21st century we measure a whole bunch of things, that's only based on, on our actual tools and utensils. We don't have the ability to measure the metaphysics, and Hashem is telling us, don't do this, don't mix these two ideas. Basic question, can a person be killed based on hearsay? So it sounds like you read this, the, the Torah very, very simply over here, is that if a man claims that he did not find virginity in his wife, the woman can be killed based on that. The, the, so the Gemara says, no, that's not the case at all. He has to be able to bring witnesses that, in fact, they witnessed the adultery and warned her about the adultery during the time of betrothal. If he cannot do that, based on hearsay, nobody can be killed. The only, the, the, if he has that and, that, and the father representing his daughter can bring witnesses to disprove those other witnesses, then the case falls. But this is, a, this is essentially starting a legal process which requires the same legal requirements as any other court case, certainly a capital crime, as the one that is, that is over here. Now, where does the problem start from? How can we sort of understand where this comes from? Rashi explains that it starts from unchecked emotions. He, he's bothered by something about her. He doesn't like her for some reason. He allows it to be unchecked. It turns into hate. After hate, it turns into Motsi Shemra, this whole part is not called adultery, it's called moitzi shemra, which means a person bringing out the negative tidings which are not true about another person. That's where it starts. When a person doesn't like another person and is willing to go this far, that's where all these problems begin. It's important to get down to the base of it. Now, isn't it unfair that a mamzer, a person who's born out of an illegitimate relationship, is not allowed to enter into the community of Hashem? Why should they not be allowed to marry into Israel? Isn't that unfair? It's not based on their own actions. But as Naim Torah Rav Sarotskin explains, a very powerful idea. And he says that, let's say, God forbid, a couple have a genetic disease, and the doctor tells them if they have, try to have children naturally, there's a 100% chance that child will, ha will have a particular disease. But they ignore the doctor, and they have a child naturally, and the child does have that disease. So would you say, to, would you say well, that's not fair. How is it that a child, a child can suffer because of a decision they never made? The answer is, well, they knew. The doctor said, this is what's going to happen. And if you make this bad decision, there are going to be consequences for it. The consequences are unfair. They're difficult and they're very painful. That's what happens. The reason why we don't see it the same way is because we don't always see the spiritual malady. We don't, we're, not, we're, not, we're not the spiritual doctor to be able to see that there is a spiritual malady if couples engage in illegitimate relationships. They're, they're, it's not simply just, you know, something that was, it's something which has lasting effects. If a child is created in the moment of, of something which is a chi of kare, something which is uh, where Hashem will excommunicate to, be, to people, and something is created because that someone is created through that, that is something which is irreparable. As the Mishnah says in Chagida, this is muvas something which is crooked, which can never be fixed. It's a very terrifying idea. And this is what, what is being said over here. And we just sometimes don't see it this way because we don't appreciate what we can't see. We don't appreciate the spiritual malady in the same way as a physical malady. Finally, one last question is, why is the Moavian Amonim 
not allowed to come into the, the nation of Israel. Isn't it like, why is it, this is a little bit of an overreaction, why is it so sensitive? So the Bible now explains they're similar to Amalekim, to the uh, Amalek who attacked Israel when they came out of Egypt. That instead of being um, aggressive, they were passive aggressive. They were withheld food, which essentially gives us the same outcome, which is um, which is to trying to kill Israel. There's no Torah, Rav Sarotskin does point out that there are three traits to Israel, Rachmanim, Baishanim, and Gomne Chasadim, that they are merciful, they are uh, they are um, shameful, and they are kind to one another. What the Moavim, the Ammonim, were proving over here was that they don't have no part of the nation of Israel. They were apathetic, they were cruel, and they were brazen. All the opposites of the Midas of what it means to be a Jew, and that's why they are not they are precluded because of those character-based character sets. Even if they have, may have wonderful actions, if they may have good intentions, but those basic basic sets need to be weighted out a number of generations in order to be able to enter the nation of Israel. With this, we close the third Aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.